0: Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Welcome back to Ag Credit Set It. Matt and Brenna here, and we're hitting a topic that's a little deep today. that is mental health. This is something that has had more awareness brought to it in the past couple years, but I don't think we can talk about it enough. We've unfortunately seen some things affect our local community due to mental health issues, and we hope we can uh, help get some more information out there to help.
1: Uh, we have two guests with us today, Nathan Brown, who farms in Highland County, and his is a member of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation Board of Directors, and we also have Sarah Nago, Ohio State University Educator here in Paulding County. Uh, welcome to you both.
2: So Thanks for having us today.
1: Thanks. Before we get into it, can, we both, can you both tell us about your involvement in agriculture and, and all of that?
0: Going to give a little bit of your backstory, I guess, yes. so...
2: Well, I guess I can go first. Um, again, I'm Nathan Brown. I do farm in Highland County. Um, First-generation farmer down there. Had the opportunity to get working with a, with a neighbor growing up through high school, and I uh, had opportunities to get involved in agriculture. And uh, today, you know, we farm a little over 1,000 acres and married my wife, Jennifer, uh, going on, well, it'll be 20 years this coming year. Uh, we have three kids, Koi Luke and Ella, and um, again, I'm involved very heavily in, in Farm Bureau and enjoy working with members across the state. And, um, you know, this this mental health is, topic is something that has, uh, you know, affected me personally and professionally, and I'm excited to be here to share a little light with you.
3: And I'm Sarah. Um, I grew up in Paulding County, and so this is home for me, um, Northwest Ohio. Um, I went to Ohio State, and um, I got my degree in agriculture. But before that, I was on a fa- grew up on a family farm, and we raised corn, soybeans, wheat, and we had a beef feedlot. Then uh, my claim to fame is we raised dairy goats, my sister and I, and um, we got to show those all around the U.S. And so we had a good time with that. And then currently, um, we farm um, in Paulding and Van Wert County, and then I have two kids. I have a senior in high school and an eighth grader. And so Ethan and Elena spent a lot of time doing things with them for HFFA. Yeah, I work at Ohio State Extension, and I've been there for the past seven years. And so prior to that, I was a high school ag teacher, and so I was Matt's teacher as we sit here. <laughs> she, she, uh, she, 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 she molded
0: me from, from a young age, I guess. So, <laughs> so I hope harvest is kind of this, this marathon of a harvest that we've been in here is kind of wrapping up for you guys. I know we're a little... Wet here in Paulding County yet, but, uh, you know, we can definitely see the uh, light at the end, of the end of the tunnel. So, well, great. Thanks. So, Nathan, you know, something you're kind of known for in the ag industry is advocating for mental health. How did you get involved in this, and uh, why is it important to you?
2: Mental health is something that affects us all, and, you know, regardless of where you come from or who you are, you're affected by it. And, and I guess my first dealings with mental health you know, was was dealing with my mother and even my brother, uh, both suffering from depression and anxiety and things growing up. And, um, you know, I've been really involved in agriculture and, you know, just trying to trying to better our community. And, oh, in 2017, 2018, I, it was after a Farm Bureau annual meeting, my county Farm Bureau annual meeting, and and we were kind of standing around talking, to, you know, thinking about programming and stuff for the, the future years. And, you know, we, we all three kind of brought up that we had noticed that the, that the mood in agriculture wasn't as chipper as it was at one time. And, you know, we really needed to begin to, to have those conversations more about mental health. And um, as I went around the county annual meetings that year and, and part of my presentation um, I brought up the, the thought of mental health and, and stress and anxiety and the things that are affecting agriculture. And the response that I got from that really took me back. I wasn't exactly sure how that conversation would go. Um, I knew that as I was up there, I remember I remember one lady very vividly as I was up there giving my, my speech that uh, I could just see the, the tears come to her eyes and... Uh, She came up after me, after the meeting, and said, thank you. She said, this is something that needs to be talked about more. Um, There's such a stigma that that surrounds it, and, you know, I just, I knew at that point in time that was a conversation that needed to be started, and and it was something that, you know, most people didn't want to talk about. It's too uncomfortable, so.
1: I never thought about giving the speech and potentially looking across the crowd and seeing how many heads go down or... Whatnot when you're actually standing up there, and I'm sure it was kind of enlightening to see.
2: Oh yeah, when you're at a when you're at a county annual meeting, you know, as a township or as a a farm bureau trustee, I, you know, I go to my four county annual meetings, and and you know, we give a report of what the organization is doing and all the great works we're doing, and then you know, out of the blue, somebody starts talking about mental health, and it's like that wasn't something that you know, even farm bureau at the state level wasn't really looking at at that point in time. Um, and to see those heads go down and to see those just the looks and the faces of people that you can tell were struggling and wanted, they needed a, a, somebody to bring it up so that they could express what they were going through.
3: And I think, you know, my experiences started as that high school teacher. And I would see those kids because I taught high school agriculture when things weren't great on the farm or when things, you know, you would see that in those kids. And so I always was like, oh, this is something we need to pay attention to, and I had the opportunity as I moved from teaching high school agriculture um, to OSU Extension to attend a training um, at Michigan State in 2019, and I said, this is where I want to do this, and little did I know, I came back from that training, um, I was there a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I had a beekeeping school, and I said, I had a person I shared just this, that I had went up there and I was explaining a few things about what mental health first aid is and we'll get into that maybe a little later. But this lady came up to me and, at the end and she volunteered to help tear down and I said thank you on Saturday. And she said, you know, you said something at the beginning about this mental health first aid and stress and she said, you know, I have a 9 millimeter gun out in my car and I wasn't coming to this class for beekeeping But I was coming in to find a way that my family wouldn't think anything. I like to do flower gardening and those type of things. And she said, things have been rough on our family farm. And she said, I thought that, you know, if I took my life, there would be some of that life insurance and that the thing that my husband loves to do, that would continue. And so little did I know that three days of training, which was – Never really prepared for yeah. a fourth day. Yeah, real quick. Real quick, and and one of the things you know that I just I looked and I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, I have to kick into action and go through these steps. And never did I in a million years think I'd be in that position. But I received a phone call two weeks later from a daughter that said, my mom is alive because of what you did and those steps you took, and that made it worth it all the more to me to say. Can we talk about this? And so that's been a role in our core teaching for pesticide education. And same thing with Nathan. As you look out across that crowd and you hear people when you start to talk about this, it's a hard subject to talk about, but one that needs to be brought up.
0: And I I think it is. We were talking right before the podcast, You know, especially uh, for me being Paulding County, I've always felt that maybe we were a little more sheltered from a lot of the problems that you hear about, especially mental health. It, it, we grew up something you, you really didn't talk about. It, it, was, you know, taboo it, it taboo was It was, exactly. It was <laughs> You know, and we've seen here lately affecting the younger generation some. But in, in your guys' mind, what effects is mental health having? What, what's driving especially mental health in agriculture?
2: Well, I, you know, back to your point of, you know, you think that we're sheltered. <laughs> Mental health affects us all. We all have stress in our daily lives. We, you know, and it's all about trying to learn to cope with those stresses and and how do you deal with that? You know, how do you deal with with you know your emotions and your feelings and stuff? And you know, to say that, that we're sheltered, you know, that's anybody and everybody is affected. It doesn't matter whether you're in agriculture or not. Um, you know, we we look at agriculture and and you know, why does it seem like, you know, the suicide rate in, in agriculture is so high and, and the mental health incidences that we have are so high? You know, look at look at agriculture. It's a high risk, high reward industry. I mean, it's it's all or nothing. And and, you know, we have changing weather climate, we have changing policies, you know, in DC and its state house and um, you know, navigating that, and you navigate the markets. I mean, one day the markets are up fifty cents, and the next day they're down, you know, fifty cents. And you know, knowing how to be able to to position your farming operation um, in a in a place where you can continue to be successful um, is challenging sometimes. And knowing what the right decisions are, because there is no—I mean, as much as we think there's a, a rule book, there is no rule book to what's happening. And, you know, as as human beings, we all also like to compare ourselves against what the neighbors got and what the neighbors do. And, yeah. you know, I, I sent a text to a, a good friend of mine, you know, right before Thanksgiving or well, I guess it was on Thanksgiving Day. And, you know, somebody that I really look up to and somebody that's a very large operator in 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 our, our area. And, you know, just, he's a wonderful family, wonderful friend. And, you know, I just was thanking him for being the person that he is. And, you know, and he sent me a text back that, you know, just, you know, he was, he, he told me, he's like, you know, he said, I look up to you so much from what you've been able to accomplish. And, you know, and I look at myself, you know, I only farm a thousand acres and whatever else. And, you know, but then at the end of the day I started with nothing and uh, you know I have grown a successful farming operation and I am involved in bukus of things and you know and, I, and it's hard for me to sometimes say I'm successful and and no matter no matter where our farming operations are we are all successful but it's hard for us to get that in our own heads sometimes
3: And I think, you know, we talked with Dr. Michael Rossman, and he goes through this thing called the agrarian imperative. And, you know, as you talk through that, these farms, you want them to continue no matter what. And, you know, losing that farm is is a threat that we think of. And is it losing – oh, I should have sold at this price and now I sold at this. And and even if it's 10 cents and sometimes, you know, you're beating yourself up on the inside when you see those things. And so as we talk about that, you know, Nathan shared a little bit of stress is a good thing. But when you start to look at all the things that are coming at you in today's age that I don't think we saw so many of those things, you know, back when our grandparents were around and farming and they didn't have those extra stresses and and I think it is it's keeping up with the joneses the you know I want this certain lifestyle and once you get that when prices are high and good okay but now I have to keep up with that and you're not ready for those those years where things aren't you know as good
0: and I kind of look at it too I'm uh same as uh Nathan I uh started uh you know I'm a first generation farmer um you know started from nothing and building an operation I look at the stress that we as first-generation farmers uh, carry, where every decision I make is affecting me, you know, can I continue this for the next year? Is this decision right? But I look at the multi-generational farms, and I feel for those guys where, you know, if we, they have an off-year, I don't want to lose what Dad built. I don't want to lose what Grandpa built. And I think that's just an added load. That those guys carry, it's that kind of family. I I don't want to let everybody down because now the you know the keys are tossed to me, type thing. Now, you guys see this happening more? What what age group do I, I, you guys think that it's really affecting? I mean, is is our younger generation? Is it is our older
3: generation? I don't think it picks and chooses. I think it's it's every generation, and I think sometimes it's I see it when you start to talk about, you know, I'm transitioning the farm, whether it's that older generation, how do I pass this on? Or maybe I don't have any heirs to pass my farm on to. Or Or, how do
1: I choose which one?
3: Yes. You know, there's only so many pieces in the pie that you can, you know, dish out. And so, oh, okay, I'm going to choose this child over this one, where maybe they're both, you know, there. And I I think those are added stresses that I think we see sometimes coming up. But I, I also see that younger generation, like, am I making the right decision and it's just a lack of knowledge sometimes. Like I don't even know what the next step is. There's not necessarily an education on like, well, how do I do that? Or what's, what's in this farm bill or how do I do that paperwork? Everything's just changed so much that there's just lots of loops and hoops to jump through all the time. And one day you're, you know, working on paperwork and the next day you're out, you know, planting. And, and so I think it's just, it's hard to manage all that. And it's hard to have someone else step in and do that for you, too.
2: Yeah, you're very right there. You know, one thing when when you look at the demographic that makes up our culture, we do have an older population. And so, you know, a lot of the times those conversations will come up um at least in my experiences here lately it, you know it has been the older generation that is is striving more but those are you know those are our main operators today you know where the kids you know the 30 20 30 even 40 year olds may still have a, a farm job and and you know dad's trying to figure out how is he going to transition the farm to the next generation or you or whatever. So, you know, we have to be, you know, we have to be mindful of what our demographic of of farmer makeup is across the industry too.
0: You know, and I kind of look at it too. Do you guys think social media plays a part in the added stress and mental health? I mean, I I can look at it, especially we talked about, especially the younger generation asking questions. You'll see some uh, young producer put on, I hey, just bought this tractor, or I'm planning this, and you will see a hundred comments, just either good or bad to that. Well, it's well, the number
1: of likes. How many yeah. likes you got? And it's like I got to hit the hundred, I got to, or whatever it is, and it's going back to your comment of keeping up with the Joneses. You see, so and so drive. I would say that probably the older generation sees somebody driving past in a newer piece of equipment or whatever it is, but, but then like. Not let make that comment, getting, but it's to themselves
0: where if we do on yes. social media now, which there's so many great things on social media, but I think it adds that extra. I don't know. I guess you have to learn how to navigate it a little bit.
2: No, I think you're right. It does add to, you know, the stress because, you know, like you say, I bought a new tractor. Here it is. Y'all look at it. Y'all need to, you know, praise me and, and you know, talk me up because I want to feel good about it. But then, you know, on the other hand... Social media has been a place where I have been able to start this conversation, have this conversation about mental health, That, and it has allowed me to um, put together a network. I have a network of there's five good friends of mine. One actually lives in the northern part of Ohio. I have a good friend that lives in um, southern Missouri. Another one lives in Nebraska. Another one that lives in Wisconsin. And we're all on a group chat that... You know, when things are going south for one of us, we throw it up there, and and we're able to connect and share. And you know, we have we have that that support network that we need. And and if it wasn't for social media, you know, we wouldn't have that. And you know, there's been other places where those conversations have started because of social media. So
1: well, it's probably being able to talk to somebody without actually because sometimes I think it's harder to talk to somebody face to face than it is. You I know, but, I mean, how much them. easier is it to put how you really feel in a text message yeah. and send it to somebody and be like, oh, I can't reel that sucker back in, you know, or whatever? You, it's just kind of, I could see that being, you, how often do you see them?
2: One of uh, the only one of them I've actually met in person. See. And the rest of them I don't, I've not met in person, but.
1: Um, but you're still really good friends with them and you yeah, can share yeah. whatever's going on. Yes. So and like, there's no judgment because of that.
2: No judgment of that. And yeah, and that's, you know, and on our daily lives, you know, our daily lives. I mean, we all we're all in this together. But at the end of the day, we're also all competitors. You know, we're all trying to to rent ground, or we're trying to buy ground, or we're trying to expand our farming operations. And you know, you may not want the neighbor to find out that hey, you know, I'm having an off week here. Or, you know, I'm having a little anxiety, or you know, even a little depression or whatever that that is, because you know they may use that as a, a, a weapon against you to try to get something that you want or have
0: so you know kind of looking at that with your guys respective organizations are there are there outlets out there example i am really needing somebody to
3: talk to i'm a young farmer how do i start so I think, you know, finding that support system that you have, whether it's being able to talk, and I think you might not, depending on what level, I think when stress gets so high, you don't realize that you're in that situation where it's a chronic stress and that maybe you're in trouble. I don't think you can see that um, from the outside. It's kind of like love is blind and, you know, so you you have to be careful on that. But I think as you start to reach out, it, it is, it's that network, whether it's calling a Farm Bureau member or someone in extension, it's reaching out to someone and just having a conversation saying, hey, you know, maybe it's someone, maybe you're involved in a church or getting out and doing something. Um, But those are things that I think, you know, we have lots of resources out there, but it's what do I feel comfortable with? And it's really scary, I think, sometimes to be able to take that step, um, that first step to be able to reach out because you're... You have to admit to yourself that hey, maybe I do need some help. It's and you know I think it's it's okay.
1: Um, so being somebody else though, how do you identify some of those signs? I mean, there's just signs to watch for in some and some well, There's there's
2: several it. good trainings out there. I started with QPR, question, persuade, me persuade refer. refer. Um, that, that is a short course, you know, it's a couple hour course that you can take that, you know, lets you identify when somebody may be having issues and, and you know, persuade them to seek help and, and to find those resources. And, you know, I, I kind of have a little story here I can go and tell, and I've told this story many times about a year and a half ago, I had a good friend of mine call me up and it was kind of, was out of, it was kind of strange because he called me up. Well, it wasn't out of the blue because him and I talked quite a bit. But he asked me to come over because he said his hogs had gotten out. And, you know, he ra- he raises some free-range hogs. And I thought, you know, you never called me when they've gotten out before. And I went over there and I, you know, by the time I got there, and I don't live close to him, you know, he was 10 minutes across, you know, drive for me to get there. And he probably had everything under control by the time I got there. You know, we we talked and you know as I was uh, as I was pulling in the driveway I just noticed that the the farm didn't look the same you know things weren't being kept up the way they normally were and and uh, you know so we went back and I I helped him again and, and afterwards you know he was thanking me and you know was trying to he was almost trying to kick me out of the farm but and I and You know, something in my my head triggered, you know, that QPR training that I'd had. And, and, you know, I looked at him, and I, I, I said, Brandon, I said, you know, what's going on? He said, well, what do you mean? I said, no, Brandon, what's going on here? I said, you know, things are not right. This happened, this happened. You know, I look around here. Things are not the way you normally keep them. You seem extremely agitated. You seem extremely stressed. And I know animals getting out because I have animals myself, I mean, it's a very stressful time, but I said, "What what's going on with you? And it took him a minute, and it took him back when I asked him that question. And he we continued talking, and he started opening up, and, and he started talking about, you know, that that this was going on, and that was going on, and, and he was not, you know, wasn't sleeping, and wasn't this. Went, oh. You know, I sprained, and I said, you know, so I think you really need uh, to talk to a professional. I said I will sit here and listen to you. My ears are open for you.
1: It's great you had the guts to even sit there and say it because some people just don't even want to go down that avenue to where they even ask that question and open a can of worms that potentially, you know, turns into something else. So like the fact that you even stood there and asked those questions, that's guts. I don't want to say it's gutsy, but it's it is kind of gutsy to just what is going on here yeah, because uh, and. To be able to point it out. It is to them. very
2: hard. It is very hard for me. And, and you know, and I told him, I said, I, I can listen to you until you don't want to talk anymore. I said, but at the end of the day, I said, I'm not a mental health professional. I don't have the resources other than my ears to sit here and listen to you intently on what you're saying and, and understand what you're saying. I said, you really need to go make an appointment and, and go see a professional. and. You know, he promised me when I left that night that that's what he was going to do first thing in the morning. And the next morning, I, you know, I, I was concerned about him still. And I drove over there and I said, you know, uh, it was 10 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. I said, you know, did you make that appointment? And he said, yeah. And I said, you know, I said, Brandon, I said, if you want me to go with you, I will go with you and I will hold your hand. Whatever you need for me to do, I'll sit in the parking lot. And he had an appointment at the end of the week and he went. And he called me up when he when he left the appointment, and he said, first, he said, I want to thank you. He said, because I needed that more than I ever knew that I needed that. And he says, you know, he said, I got down there, and, and the, the facility they went to is in a, a very rural part of our community. And he says, I, I got there and got ready to pull in the driveway, and I looked over, and I seen a truck that I recognized. And he said, instantly, my foot went to the gas pedal. He says, I drove on by. He's like, I can't do it. And he says, "I, uh, you know, got to thinking about the things that you said." And he said, "I turned around, I went down there, and parked right beside of him, and walked right in." And he said, "As I was walking in, they walked out with a smile on their face, said hi to me." And he's like, "There's nothing to this. I mean, we we make like going this, to a
1: dentist appointment. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, we we think in our heads that this is this is such a bad thing, and and that." you know, if I go do this, this is going to make me look bad. But then you get there and you realize that somebody else in your community that you respect is doing the same thing. It's not a big deal as you
0: thought. I I find it interesting just some of the little things you noticed at your friend's farmstead. Things not being kept up quite, you know, just that agitation. But just, it's just, you you never think about that. Those might be the signs that, you know, something's just, you know, really, really bothering them and they're not going to ever – open up and come out and say anything
3: to you. And I think you watch for those changes. It's one of those signs that you can look for is like a complete change in that, whether it's the farm, whether it's maybe it's a quieter person that's all of a sudden talking a lot and just... You know, or someone who's really calm that's agitated. And I think those are things, you know, that whether it's going through the simple QPR training, we've got some different ones. We've got mental health first aid, which is one of those trainings. And it's a little bit longer, but it will walk you through. um, We make a parallel to if you are, you know, trained in first aid well, you know how to do certain things. Maybe it's putting on a tourniquet or maybe it's, you know, how to do this, but you're that stepping stone to get that person that help. And so you, ha- you are just made aware of different signs and symptoms of anxiety, depression, and, and it makes you more aware that you can look at those things. And I think that's a good place. It's a good training for any, anyone. I mean, it's, it's not just, ag-related. And so as we look at that parallel, um, you know, when you're when you're first aid trained and you get your little certificate, it's not like you're going to be the next surgeon and you're not going to operate or put stitches in someone. And so I think that's another one of the trainings, but we've got some other ones through OSU extension. One of them's called weathering the storm and we partnered with Michigan state and there's quite a few, and that's a free training. And it's just, it's a simpler version. It can be done in one, two, or three hours of, again, what are some of those signs? A little bit less, um, in-depth as a mental health first aid training.
1: Why do I foresee a training session for our offices coming? (laughs) Because I'll say, like, Matt, you and I are probably in a very unique situation to where we do go out and about just like you did, showed up at a farm, and potentially can see the changes. And, you know, money is a big trigger, for a lot of this stuff. And I could see where it could become even worse in some situations. Yeah.
2: And that's, that's one thing I really advocate a lot for is um, people in your positions, you know, whether you're the ag lenders or you're the FSA, you know, people or the equipment dealer or, or any of those guys that, that have interactions with farmers on a regular basis to, um, you know to have those trainings. Go through the QPR training. You know if you have time, you know get your get your offices um, together and do the mental health first aid training. I know Ohio high farm bureau. We have had all of our our staff, are our, our mental health first aid trained, um, and you know and it's just a good tool to have in your toolbox. That when you're out, you know servicing loans or whatever, and you see things are starting to to, you know, go sideways that that let's let's find out what the real, real true cause of this because you guys, at the end of the day, don't want to foreclose on somebody. You guys don't want to pull your notes. You guys want these people to get the help that they need. And, you know, if it's something that can be prevented, you know, a step
0: that can be taken ahead of time to
2: get them that help, everybody wins in the end.
0: And I think that's great advice. Uh, I know just from talking to some of our Older uh, account officers within even our cooperative that went through, you know, and a lot of them will bring up the stress that we had in agriculture in the 80s and, you know, some of the very tough times that they dealt with with members then, wishing that they had some of that training or the resources we do now to, you know, refer, you know, uh, those people to. And I think that's... It's learning a, how to identify. Learning how to identify. And I think, we you know, now we have, you know, the tools... And options out there that we can really go and try and direct people, see the find see those signs, and you know get you know refer them the help they need, and kind of you know stay stay ahead of it a little bit.
3: Well, I think we also have we worked with the College of Public Health through OSU Extension, and sometimes you don't even know where to reach out in in your community. You know, like okay, what is it that I need help with? I don't even have. A clue where to call. So we have a county by county guide that will share what are those resources in your local county. And so that's one of those things. Um, we actually have a new website through OSU Extension, and it's just u.osu.edu backslash farmstress. And it links all these resources. There's some great ones through Farm Bureau. There's some through um, Ohio Department of Agriculture, and they're all linked there. And we're, we're just trying to make that a clearinghouse for what are some of the resources that are out there? Um, if I'm not willing to talk to someone, can I can I find some of this and look at a little bit of self help sometimes?
0: And we'll we'll put all these links on our uh, web page uh, for anybody listening to look up and get more information.
1: Yep, and you know you can always come into your ag credit office as well. I mean we we are not a therapist or anything like that, and but we can at least sit down and have a conversation with you and potentially put you in the right direction um, to seek that help and and get something going for yourself and you know we're we can sit down and have a conversation in our offices I mean our doors closed so nobody has to know and all that kind of stuff if need be so.
0: You know the farm credit system also has a program uh, called rural resilience Um, you know it's a free program focused on mental health and stress management and a link to that program, as well as the other resource we talked about today, you know, will be available in the show notes. You know, I want to thank Nathan and Sarah again for joining us. And if you guys uh, have any questions, um, you know, feel free to reach out to them on social media. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit. Set it. Want to talk Ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at agcredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net and be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time.